Hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio. Uh, I'm a hookah, but I have a guest today. My friend is Tony Bemis from the Sunday Morning Linux Review. Hello, Tony. Hey, hookah. Thanks for inviting me on. This is uh, going to be some interesting talk today. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, and, you know, I'm hoping that uh, Tony's voice is a familiar one to most of you because you really do need to be listening to that Sunday morning Linux review. It's a fabulous podcast. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, we've been doing it for over two years now, and it's it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad to that a lot of people uh, get enjoyment from it, too. Yeah, and I think people uh, at Hacker Public Radio may recall when you first got started, uh, a few of the early shows were also um, put out on our feed as part of our showcase of new podcasts. Oh yeah, and that was uh, it was key to us getting some uh, you know getting some exposure out there because without Hacker Public Radio, I don't know if uh, we really would have gotten as much uh, as we would have before. You know, so this is great. Thank you. Right. So this is a part of our ongoing series on security and privacy. And uh, one of the reasons I asked Tony to come on is that uh, we've been working together uh, a little bit on getting uh, encryption up and running and how to use it in mail and things like that. And if you listen to Sunday Morning Linux Review, uh, you've probably heard Tony uh, talk about some of the things he's doing there as well. Yeah, I've uh, gone through and decided to do a security bit on our show, and uh, talking about using uh, public keys and and signing uh, and encrypting uh, documents. Great. So the uh, last couple of programs we've looked at how to implement uh, key signing. Uh, well, we we've implemented public key encryption on two different kinds of mail client. Uh, one of them, uh, Thunderbird, is a standalone client uh, that you just run off of your local computer. And then we showed how you can do the same thing using uh, Gmail, uh, which is an example of a webmail client, and showed how, with uh, appropriate plugins, you can send encrypted mail. But uh, the thing that we want to talk about, there's an interesting problem, and that problem when you think about security, is how do you know who it is you're exchanging mail with? Uh, so if if someone sends me an email and says they're Tony Bemis, how do I know that it's Tony Bemis? That's right, and that's where uh, the signing key comes in. Yeah, exactly. Now, in this particular case... Uh, you know, Tony and I don't live that far from each other. Um, you know, I know his voice. You know, there's a number of reasons why I would have confidence in that. But, uh, it, you know, if it was someone else, uh, you know, one of the, we've talked about how important it is to have security uh, around your key, that it is something that other people cannot get a hold of. We've talked about how you can revoke a key if you think it's been compromised, but how do we start making these connections? And uh, I, I think one of the first things we might want to talk about are uh, the servers that hold these. Uh, Tony, you have uh, got yours on a server, right? 
That's right. So when we go through and you create your key, um, oh. Tony, we lose you there. I'm back. Sorry about that. Yeah. So when you go through and create a key, then you want people to be able to get your key, like we're talking, like you're saying. So you want to send your key to or publish it to a key server. And the key servers are uh, servers out there, and you're only publishing your public key. So that's what the difference with GNUPG. Uh, it's a uh, asymmetric keys, meaning that the, you know you have your public and your private key. So you you publish your public key to a key server, and then somebody else can be able to find your public key off of there to be able to verify that you're signing with your uh, the proper keys. Yeah, and there's a number of those out there, aren't there? That's right. There's uh, there's a ton of key servers out there. Uh, there's a few that are really popular. Um, uh, SKS key servers is one of them. Uh, PGP key servers is another one. And I think Ubuntu has one that they have for uh, their developers. But it, all these key servers synchronize between each other. So if you publish your key to one key server, then it's going to synchronize cross to others. So even if somebody else doesn't use the same key server that you do, then they can still grab your key off of another server. Oh, great. So this is kind of like DNS in that I might use the DNS server of my ISP, but I can find all my web addresses there because they synchronize with central servers. Yeah, I can see how what you're saying. Yeah, it's similar to that. Oh, that's great. So uh, I guess what, what that means is it, it doesn't really matter which server uh, you go to. That's right. You, you just choose one and stick it up there. Um, I like to use the SKS key servers, uh, and that's just the one that I started with, uh, and it really doesn't matter each, either way what you go with. Yeah, and I think uh, the first time I created a key, I was using uh, the KDE client, and um, I think they there was something like a GPG server or something that uh, was their default server. So that's where mine ended up. Now, the fact that this is a public key means we're not really concerned about security, right? It, it, it's not like you've got something on the server that has to be locked down and protected, does it? No, you're right. You don't have to worry about security uh, with this public key because it's public. That's what the one everybody should be able to see it and read it. Uh, it's only with the combination of the public key and the, the private key is where the decryption happens. Um, Right. So if I wanted to send you a message and let's say for the moment that I didn't uh, already have your key, I mean, you and I obviously exchanged keys early on, but uh, let's say I just decided out of the blue, gee, I want to send a message to Tony at Sunday Morning Linux Review uh, and I go to a server and uh, if I just look your name up, uh, I'll get your key, and I can use your public key, right? That's correct. Yeah, and then what happens is it encrypts using your private key 
and my public key and then it sends the message to me and then i decrypt it with my private key and verify it with your public key right uh so the public key is something that is completely public uh you know you could take out an ad and publish it in the newspaper and it wouldn't make any difference exactly yep and that's actually i've done something similar to that i've published my uh key on my uh on the smlr website you know just to say hey this is who i am so you guys can go ahead and sign my key if you'd like uh and uh this you can verify anything i send to you it's going to be with this key yeah i think a number of people have done that i was thinking maybe i should do the same thing on on my site uh i think i was the other day i was listening to a, a podcast with leo laporte and i think he said he has his key on his website now one of the questions that occurs to me uh if I go to a site and I look up and I see, yes, there's there's someone here named Tony Bemis who has a key. How do I know you're the person that I'm trying to communicate with and that it's your key? Yeah, and that's where key signing comes in. That you can see like other people have signed it. So if you know, it's kind of like friends of friends kind of idea where uh, if you know a couple of my friends that have signed it, then you can look at it and say, yes, I know that's him. Uh, there's also the key fingerprint. Uh, so if you have my name plus the fingerprint, then you can go through and look to see all the Tony Bemises out there and find the one with my fingerprint, which is a it's an eight character um, hexadecimal number that will you can bear or match up to make sure that's still me. Yeah, and the reason this this matters, uh, if if you follow the Snowden uh, revelations and similar things that have been coming out, uh, you know there was a thing recently what they call watering hole attacks. You know, impersonate a website that you think a lot of p people are going to go to, um, and some of the intelligence agencies would like redirect traffic from a public site to one that they controlled. And uh, so you thought you were at this public place. You thought you were dealing with a website you knew, but in fact you weren't. And what's to stop some intelligence agency? I, I, I'm guessing, Tony, you're not a target. You're not what they would call a person of interest. But, you know, what would stop them from publishing something saying, this is Tony Bemis's key and hoping that I would write to you using that. And then they'd say, aha, we can get in there and see that encrypted communication that that shady O'Brien character is sending to this shady Tony Bemis character. Yeah, that's uh, that is a good question. And the reason that it's not going to work is because um, either I won't be able to decrypt it. So if you grab their key and you send it to me, uh, then I wouldn't be able to decrypt it. Um, but then you're looking at those keys and you want to verify, you know, you, that's where those key, those, like I said, the fingerprint it comes in that you can tell who is who. Uh, and then you, there's also key signing parties where you meet face to face and you say, this is my fingerprint. And that's where 
everybody uh, exchanges their, um, you know, their fingerprints and the, and not your physical fingerprint, but the, the fingerprint of your key. And that's where you, you exchange that. And then people can go through and sign it at a later time. Right. So uh, the, the idea of getting together in this face to face, let's say we had and we probably will do this fairly soon because uh, I've been talking to you about doing something for PenguinCon. But um, let's say we have a key signing party and you and I are both there and someone who knows me could say, hey, Kevin, uh, is this guy really Tony? And you know, I could say, well, yeah, I've, you know, I've known Tony for years. This is the real Tony. And then based on that, he would accept your key and add it to his key ring. That's right. And then another uh, thing that they suggest is to have some kind of uh, identification, you know, something that's publicly or commonly accepted, like a driver's license or a, a passport. Right. You want to be able to demonstrate you, you are who you say you are at one of these uh and you could you could go to a key signing party and maybe there's no one there who knows you to vouch for you but if you've got the documents people might say well okay i've i've looked at this guy's driver's license and it had his picture on it and yeah this really looks like the right person that's right and then there's also different levels of signing so you can sign somebody's key and say i'm just tentatively signing them saying that they say they're this person. Uh, I don't know them personally, but you know I'm going to tentatively sign. But then there's also you can sign them with uh, you know saying full permissions, like I I know this person. I'm sure this is the right person. Right. So if we were both at a key signing party, uh, and I wanted to sign your key, and I'd say, well, yeah, I mean, I've known Tony for years. I, there's no doubt in my mind this is Tony. So I could give that a very high level of trust. But, exactly. Uh, uh, but if, if, if it was just someone uh, who I've never seen before, you know, gives me their college ID, I could say, uh, you know, <laughs> this might be the person. I mean, he had some kind of ID that, that looked like it was him but I wouldn't give it a high level of trust. I'd give it a fairly low one. Yeah, that's some great examples of uh, how that would go about. So uh, how does one organize? I, I think you've done this a few times. How do you organize a key signing party? Actually, I have not done one yet. Uh, but from what I've uh, read up and what other, other people have done is you you just get people together. Uh, so, you know, at a conference is a great place to do it. Uh, you know, so you're talking about we're going to do this over at PenguinCon. And we're going to have just a whole load of, you know, tech people there. So it's a great time. Everybody's already there. Let's have a key signing party. Um, you know, another way to get people together is at your lug meeting. You know, say yearly or every six months have a key signing party. So when new people come in, you can teach them about the uh, you know keys and GPG and and get that all uh, set up so that you know it it's, uh, gets them more aware and and uh, the you know everybody's starting to learn about this. Okay, 
that sounds good. And uh, yeah, we are going to be doing something at uh, PenguinCon. And I think a lot of Linux conventions and technology places, uh, open source conventions, you're, someone is going to be setting up a key signing party somewhere. You know, one of the things that uh, that I'm seeing, uh, last year I saw it at Ohio Linux Fest, and uh, I'm seeing it now in the talks because I'm involved with setting up the tech track for PenguinCon, and I, I'm just seeing that there are a lot of talks being submitted that talk about different aspects of security and privacy. This really has everyone's attention. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting how the how much snowden has really impacted the the social life of uh you know computer people in general and then getting it out you know further that uh, the average person is now thinking about these things yeah so if you go to a key signing party one of the things is bring good documentation at the very least something like a driver's license or a passport having both might even be a good idea right that's right i mean it it's really it's what other people are going to accept as your id so i would just accept the driver's license um because that's uh you know that's what michigan does and that's you know most of the u.s does driver's licenses but i don't know what a canadian driver's license looks like so that's where a passport would be something that i'm familiar with uh, canadian passports so you know, I would accept a Canadian passport. Right. And even in the United States, which is a big place, if, if someone came in with a driver's license from Nevada, I have no idea what a Nevada driver's license looks like. So let's, uh, the other thing, you mentioned that there's an eight-character uh, fingerprint. So... You'd want to bring that with you as well, right? Yeah, that's right. And what you do is uh, it's suggested to print off little sheets of all your uh, your fingerprints. You have multiples of them. Say you'll carry 20 with you. And then you can hand those out because, you know, back in the days when they first started key signing parties, people didn't have their laptops and they didn't have their phones that they could just sign the key right then so you would hand out your your fingerprint in like maybe in a business card or a sheet of paper and then people can take that later back to their computer and then verify that you are you know say yes i remember hearing or meeting him this is his key oh here's the fingerprint that matches the key i'm going to sign so uh, what's the signing process like? It's not like you're whipping out a pen and putting your signature on a piece of paper. There's something different here, right? Yeah, that's right. And uh, there's you can do it by the command line if you're a command line person, uh, but you can also do it by uh, your GUI interfaces. So I use a Seahorse, which is the default for uh, GNOME. Uh, and uh, also there's a KGP that you can use. And probably that's what you use, Ahuka, right? Uh, yep, that's the one I use. I'm a KDE guy. Yeah, so what you do is you look up their public key. And uh, 
within like i i use seahorse and you can say search the public server for this key and you can type in either a person's name email address or their uh, fingerprint and it'll bring up whatever keys are similar or matches your search and then you can go through and find that specific key or that uh, is on the public server uh, and then you you then save that to your computer or in your key ring uh, you can go into the properties of that key and you can say sign it and then with whatever how level uh, you want to sign it um, and then in seahorse i know then you can you have to click another button to say sync your keys and it goes through and it'll take your that public key you just signed and sync it back to the key servers which then says that you have signed it ah so if i go to a public key server and let's say i looked up matt enders your co-host on the sunday morning linux review uh and i wonder is this the Matt Enders I know? If I saw it had been signed by Tony Bemis and I already know your key ID, I would then be confident about it. Exactly. Yeah, because there's a lot of Enders out there. And uh, so when I first started looking for his, I had to really sort through a lot. Uh, so having multiple points to match your, your search makes it a lot easier to make sure you're finding and, and doing the right, uh, or signing the right key. Yeah, uh, and as I recall, back when I first was getting going with this, uh, I looked up Tony Bemis, and then I think I sent you an email with the fingerprint and said, Tony, is this you? Because I knew your email address. We've exchanged emails over the years. So Yeah, yeah that's right. I remember uh, going through that process and... Uh... And that, that, that's another good way to do it. Yeah, if you're not face-to-face -face with the person, then you can look up and make sure that you're going to be grabbing the right one. So the uh, next question I have, there's you can do this uh, on a command line. You can do it with a GUI client. Um, but I'm guessing if you're going to a key signing party, most people are not bringing their laptop. I mean, these days, you tend to do everything on a, a, a smartphone, let's say an Android phone. How do you do that? Yeah, so you would use uh, whatever program, you know, there's an app for that. Uh, and I use one called AGP. Uh, and what you have to do is you your key that you created on your computer, you import that into your AGP program on uh, your phone. And then from there, you can go through and search the uh, the public keys. And you can, it'll allow you to, uh, I believe AGP allows you to sign it right there. Okay, so we'll put a link to that in the show notes, folks. Uh, AGP, this is an Android application? That's right. Yeah, and AGP works really well with uh, the Kmail uh, client, and that's what I use. Okay, I have to find out. It, it is is K mail different from K nine? Oh, you know what? You're right. It is K nine mail. That's what I use. And K nine mail uh, because they work along together. You can decrypt mail messages right on your phone, and you can encrypt, and you can um, uh, you see your keys, and it uses your keys. Okay, so uh, I presume then you can synchronize the key ring on your phone with the one that's on the server. 
or how does that work? Let's say I've got a, a, a key ring on my laptop computer and I've got 30 keys there. Uh, how do I get that onto my phone? That's a good question. Uh, I've only tentatively used the uh, AGP to the point where I didn't do any synchronizing. I, I went through and found them separately for each person and added them to my uh, phone. Okay, so if anyone out there listening to this uh, knows a really good way to do that, drop us a line and I'll make sure that we get that into a subsequent episode in our security and privacy because uh, it, it sounds like it's an interesting thing to take a look at. Uh, well, Tony, I think we've got a really good uh, bunch of information here for folks, and I want to thank you for coming on this episode and uh, doing this one with me. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I think we should uh, get together and do more of these. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Um, we're, we're trying to do, uh, I've committed to trying to do one episode a month in the security and privacy. And, and so far it's been focused on <clears throat> encryption because that was a starting point for a lot of people. But uh, I know you work uh, for like a hospital. Is, do I recall that correctly? Yeah, that's right. I work for a local hospital system. I'm the field tech there. So you, you probably are familiar with a lot of security stuff. Uh, I, I used to work for a hospital and I know there's this law in the United States called HIPAA that says if you release any patient's information, the government comes down on you like a sledgehammer. I actually, it goes a lot farther than that. Uh, yeah, they definitely do come down as a sledgehammer. But even if you're viewing uh, patient data that you're not supposed to be, like if I, because I'm an IT person, if I view any patient's data, then technically I'm violating HIPAA. Because I'm not a uh, patient, um, I'm not a patient advocate. I'm not a caregiver, so then I'm not supposed to be looking at that. And even technically, I'm not supposed to look at my own data unless I have submitted submitted the right uh, paperwork. Yeah, I remember uh, I first went to work for St. Joe's Hospital, and I, I made some joke about looking up my own medical record and was very quickly put in my place. It says, you know, you do that, we'll fire you. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Okay, well, that, so the, there's uh, plenty of stuff we can take a look at down the road. Uh, security and privacy is such a big area that I don't think we will ever run out of things to talk about. Uh, but I think for now, it's time to sign off. So on behalf of uh, Tony from the Sunday Morning Linux Review, and the Hacker Public Radio, this is Ahuka reminding you, as always, please support free software. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. 
All BinRef projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.